What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Joe and Joey Show. I'm your host, Joey. And I'm Joe. If you're new to our show, thank you for giving us a listen. And if you want to watch the video version of our show, you can watch us on our YouTube channel at the Joe and Joey Show. Where else can they find us, Joe? Find us on iTunes and Instagram. All righty, let's get right into it. So we're going to recap the NFL draft. We're going to go team, team by team and say if they passed or failed their draft. So we're going to start with the Arizona Cardinals. The Cardinals, with their first selection, took Paris Johnson Jr., offensive tackle from Ohio State. In the first round, in the second round, they took linebacker B.J., and I'm going to butcher his last name, Ojulari. He is a six foot two, 248-pound linebacker from LSU. So, Joe, what are you grading the Arizona Cardinals? They have a lot of needs, so what do you have there grade as pass or fill? Yeah, I'm going to pass them just because they have a lot of needs. Um, it's hard to go wrong when you're the worst roster in the NFL. Um, Paris Johnson, left tackle out of Ohio State. He didn't play that many games at left tackle throughout his career at Ohio State, so that's worrisome a little bit. But I'm going to pass him just because they need like 20 more players to be a decent team. Yeah, I'm also going to pass the Arizona Cardinals. Um, Paris Johnson's draft comp is Teron Armstead, and I'm going to pass them by default because they need everything. And right. Kyler Murray's your feature. You gave him a long contract. Protection. You're going to need protection for your franchise. So by default, they pass. Hopefully he turns out to be a good player. And even the linebacker, they need linebackers as well. So BJ Ojolari, I know PFF and a lot of the NFL.com guys are big into this guy. So we're going to pass the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, he's fast. Fast pass rusher out of LSU. So let's move on to the Atlanta Falcons. They drafted Bijan Robinson with the eighth pick in the first round. In the second round, they took Matthew Bergeron, who is an offensive guard from Syracuse. I'm passing them. They took B. John Robinson. That's it. <laughs> I second that. Best player in the draft. We both had him as our favorite player in the draft, so they passed. What do you think uh, NFL.com compared who was uh, B. John Robinson's draft comp? Who do you think it was? Uh, NFL.com, probably yeah. Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley is the draft comp. So if you're getting Saquon Barkley in the first round, and B. John Robinson, a lot of people are saying that as soon as he steps on the field, he has the potential to be the best running back in football, regardless if he's a rookie. So if you have the opportunity to take that, then it's a no-brainer. Absolutely. So we are both going to pass the Atlanta Falcons. Let's move on to the next team, the Baltimore Ravens. They took your boy Zay Flowers, so I know you're going to pass them. Yeah, they absolutely passed. One of my favorite players in the draft, Zay Flowers from Broward County. Trains that perform, they automatically pass by getting him. Yeah, I'm going to pass the Ravens, too. You know, they're totally invested in Lamar Jackson now. Game the contract. They're giving him weapons now. Zay Flowers, Rashad Bateman, Odell Beckham, Mark Andrews. So the Ravens are on the right trajectory. I think the Ravens are going to do big things next year. And that's our, your AFC favorite. Yes, that's my AFC favorite. I got the Ravens going to the Super Bowl next year. My way too early NFL prediction. Pod, look out for that one. So I, I'm really high on the Ravens this year. So I'm definitely going to pass them move on to the next team the buffalo bills drafted dalton kincaid in the first round second round they took osiris torrance from florida offensive guard what do you give the buffalo bills pass or fail i'm gonna fail the buffalo bills because i hate the buffalo bills no i'm just kidding um but low-key you do but okay. yeah i do hate the buffalo bills <laughs> they're in our division um i wasn't too high on this kid dalton kincaid i know pff had him as like a top 10 player in the draft according mm. to them but I don't think they need a tight end, so to speak. I thought they should have went with like a speedy wide receiver because they already have a, a tight end, and Dawson Knox is pretty good. So I'm, I'm going to fail them. Yeah, this is a fail for me, too. Like you said, they already have Dawson Knox. They have other needs on that team. If I was them, I would have either drafted a running back. They got rid of Singletary. They only have James Cook now. I would have drafted a running back, or I would have bolstered up the offensive line. I mean, even receiver. They got rid of Isaiah McKenzie. They could have upgraded there. You know, their defense, they could have got a second corner for Tredavious White. So I'm going to fail them. They already had a tight end. I don't think this was a necessary move. Agreed. All righty, let's move on to the Carolina Panthers. They drafted Bryce Young with the first pick. I mean, this is a pass for me. Yeah, you've got to pass him. Bryce Young was the most talented player in the draft. Yeah, compared to Drew Brees. So if you're getting Drew Brees in the first round, I mean, you're passing. And it looks like Bryce Young, I mean, with everything that I've seen and what everybody's saying is he's going to be a great quarterback. Only concern with him, he's a little small. 
small quarterbacks haven't been projecting well lately, haven't been really doing that well, the ones that have been drafted as of late. But Bryce Young is a stud. Proved it in college, Heisman Trophy winner. We got to pass Bryce Young. Yeah, you got to pass Bryce Young. Doesn't really get hurt. He runs a lot, but he picks and chooses his his spots to run. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to get a hand on him. He's so shifty, so quick. So I think he's going to stay healthy because of that elusiveness in the pocket. So I think that's a home run. They traded up to get him. Yeah, so. I think Bryce Young's going to have a good year this year. I mean, the talent for being the number one pick in the draft and going to the worst team isn't that bad on the Carolina Panthers, right? They have Miles Sanders just signed him. They still have, um, what's his name, Hubbard, Chubba Hubbard. So they still have him. So two decent running backs. They got Adam Thielen. Uh, what's the other receiver they just signed? DJ Chark. So their team's not too bad. I mean, he's got something there. Hayden Hurst, they just signed at tight end. So the team's okay. So he's not going into like a dumpster fire situation like where he's automatically going to fail. Like Stroud is. Kind like, of. like kind of CJ Stroud, right? Because the defense is good with the Panthers. They have a good defense. Top 15 in the NFL. So pass yeah. for them for yeah, sure. Yeah, good job, Panthers. You finally got your quarterback after all these years. That's right. So let's move on to the Chicago Bears. They drafted Darnell Wright, offensive tackle from Tennessee, Tennessee. 6'5", In the first round, second round, they took Irvon Dexter, defensive tackle from Florida. And then also in the second round, they took your boy, Tyreek Stevenson, cornerback from Miami. So what do you give the Chicago Bears? Oh, man, they get an A+. They pass for sure. Um, Tyreek Stevenson, a South Florida guy. Gervin Dexter out of Florida, a Polk County guy in Lakeland. Um, and then Darnell Wright, offensive tackle out of Tennessee, was the number one prospect coming out of high school. I mean, just one of the most talented tackles in the draft. It, it was a home run draft for the Chicago Bears. Yeah, definitely. I would definitely pass the Chicago Bears as well. You know, they seem like they're all in on Justin Fields. They could have drafted a quarterback, but they traded out of the number one pick, right? They show that they believe in him and they're going to help Justin Fields succeed. So they got him an offensive tackle. Signed DJ Moore in the offseason. So this is a pass for me as well. I think the Bears are on the right trajectory. So the Bears. Let's move on to the Cincinnati Bengals. They took Miles Murphy with their first pick. So he's 6'5, 268. Uh defensive end. He's compared to Bradley Chubb. They also took DJ Turner, uh cornerback from Michigan, and Jordan Battle, safety from Alabama. So what do you give the Cincinnati Bengals pass or fail? I love the pick, Jordan Battle, out of Alabama, South Florida kid. We know his brother, Jalen. Um, I'm not so sure about about their first round pick, though. I mean, because who's their who's their pass rushers now? Sam Hubbard. They and, have Sam Hubbard and uh, is it Hendrickson. And Hendrickson. So I mean, I guess you're adding depth to the pass rusher position, which is always good. But I think they sh- they probably should have went corner. Um, I know they went corner in the second, but they probably could have got a better one in the first. So. I'm kind of on the fence about them, but just because they got battle, I'm going to pass them. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to pass the Cincinnati Bengals uh, just because, you know, offensive line was always a concern for the Cincinnati Bengals, but they signed Orlando Brown. They took care of that need. Some of their guys were hurt last year. They're coming back, so the offensive line is going to be bolstered. So then why not go defense? Make sure that defense is good. Get another pass rusher. You can never have too many of those. That's true. And then you get a corner and a safety. You lost Jesse Bates. Get Jordan Battle to replace him. Definitely a better prospect coming out of college, you know, starting safety at Alabama. So I'm definitely going to pass the Cincinnati Bengals. I think they did good work in the draft this year. Let's move on. Cleveland Browns took Cedric Tillman, wide receiver from Tennessee, 6'3", 213, in the first. And then who did they take? Oh, no, that was the third round. In the third round, and then they also took some guy I can't even pronounce. Defensive tackle from Baylor and Dewan Jones, offensive tackle from Ohio State. So what do you give the Cleveland Browns? Um, I'm going to pass Cleveland Browns. Dewan Jones out of Ohio State. So I wanted the Dolphins to get big right tackle, six foot eight, like 400 pounds. So that's a that's a win. I don't even think they needed a tackle, but they got an extra beefy lineman. Um, defensive tackle, I think it's the Baylor guy you're talking about. Sika or Ika? Something Ica, like that. yeah, yeah, Ika. Yeah, another 400-pounder. So they just beefed up the trenches in Cleveland. And then wide receiver, they got a big six foot four wide receiver, so they passed for me. Yeah, I'm going fail on this one. I, 
I don't think the Cleveland Browns need a wide receiver. They have Mark Cooper, Donovan Peoples-Jones, and they have uh, David Njoku. I think it's unnecessary. I think they could have drafted somewhere else. I probably would have looked to bolster the defense, maybe improve in the linebacker position a little bit, <clears throat> protect Deshaun Watson a little bit, offensive line. So I'm going to go fail on that one. Okay. Let's move on to the Dallas Cowboys. They drafted Mozzie Smith in the first round. Uh, defensive tackle for Michigan compared to uh, draft comp is Don Terry Poe. He's 6'3", 323. And then in the second round, they drafted Luke Schumacher for Michigan, tight end. And then another notice, noticeable guy they drafted late is Deuce Vaughn, and his dad is on the coaching staff, running back from Kansas State. What do you give the Dallas Cowboys, Pastor Phil? Yeah, it's a pretty cool story about Deuce Vaughn and his dad. His dad's the one that called him to let him know he was getting drafted, and he broke down crying. Pretty cool uh, moment. That but, video was pretty cool, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. With the dad getting emotional and everything, drafting his son. That's yeah. pretty cool on Jerry Jones that he okayed that. So Right. But with all that being said, <laughs> I'm going to fail them because I think the Cowboys needed to go offense here in the first round. I mean, they have Dan Quinn as their defensive coordinator, one of the, one of the best defensive coordinators in football. Mm-hmm. Their defense was fine last year. Michael Parsons, uh, Trayvon Diggs. And they just signed Gilmore, too. So Gilmore. Corners and linebackers, Michael Parsons. I think the defense is fine. What was the D lineman's name that's been there forever? Lawrence? Yeah. Um, um, I know you're talking about Lawrence. Demarcus Lawrence. Demarcus yeah. Lawrence. I mean, mm-hmm. so they, they're they deep on defense. So I, I'm going to fail them. Yeah, I'm definitely failing the Dallas Cowboys here. I think they should have went quarterback. Dak Prescott's not the answer for me. I think they should have you know, at least drafted somebody behind Dak Prescott because he's not getting it done. I know they paid him all that money, but he looked horrible last year. Led the league in interceptions, didn't even play the full season, and, like, led the league in picks. So I'm going a big fail on this one. You know, it wasn't really a position they needed, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a fail. I can't even say anything. I was going to say something, but yeah, Yeah, Jerry Jones is usually pretty good about drafting skill positions. But, I mean, I guess he's been doing that the past couple of years, so he he went with trenches this mm-hmm. time. All right, let's move on. Denver Broncos. They had a second-round pick this year, drafted Marvin Mims from Oklahoma, and they drafted Drew Sanders, inside linebacker from Arkansas. This is a huge fail for me. I don't know why you draft a receiver when you have Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton, unless you're looking to get rid of one of those guys. I probably would have got offensive linemen to protect Russell Wilson. He looked horrible last year. This is a fail for me. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I agree 100% with everything you just said. Um, you Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton, I mean, they had down years last year because they just had the Denver Broncos had a horrible year altogether. Uh, but I agree. They should have went linemen and maybe some, you know, trenches guys on defense, something like that, because they looked soft last year. So they failed. Yeah, it's a fail. Moving on to the Detroit Lions drafted Jameer Gibbs running back from Alabama in the first Jack Campbell. Also drafted Jack Campbell from Iowa inside linebacker, and they also drafted tight end from Iowa, Sam Laporta. So this is difficult for me because I love these guys. I just think they they drafted them too early. And I will say they drafted Hendon Hooker as well, quarterback. Yeah, so I, I'm going to pass them because I love all four of those guys. Those All those guys are NFL starters. Maybe mm-hmm. Hooker will be a starter in like two, three years. But Jack Campbell out of Iowa, six foot four best pass coverage linebacker in the draft this year. That's a home run. Jameer Gibbs was confusing for me. I mean, it, it makes sense now because they just traded DeAndre Swift DeAndre to the Eagles. Swift, yep. he's, a, he was, uh, he's a Philadelphia guy. That's cool for him to go back to his hometown, try and get a Super Bowl. But running back, unless it's B. John Robinson or Saquon Barkley, you don't take a running back in the top 15. So I'll pass them because I like those guys, but too early for me. I feel your struggle on this one because the Lions' offense is good, and that's why their team is good. Their defense is trash. Right. But they drafted all good offensive players, so it's like it's hard to fail them because they took Hendon Hooker, could be the future for Jared Goff. Probably would have been a first-rounder if he didn't blow out his ACL this year, right? Yep. Laporte is a good tight end from Iowa. They're known to have good tight ends. They're kind of like Notre Dame in that aspect, right? Right. Good inside linebacker Jack Campbell. I like that in the first pick. Yeah, I'll pass him. Yeah. Why not? Give him a pass. I think they could have used those draft picks on defense, but they probably just went best available because probably all their defensive guys got sniped. So I'll pass him. 
All right, moving on. Green Bay Packers. Luke Van Ness was their first round pick. Defensive end from Iowa, six foot five, two seventy two. And they also drafted Luke Musgrave, tight end from Oregon State in the second round. What are you giving uh the Green Bay Packers? Green Bay's a fail for me. You just lost one of the best quarterbacks ever on Aaron Rodgers, maybe the most talented quarterback ever. Um I think you had a you had to make a big splash in this draft, maybe trade up and try and get like a superstar player, maybe like a B. John Robinson or somebody you know that's gonna move the needle for you and win you games just based off their talent. I think their defense is already they already have a good defense. They have good pass rushers, good corners. So I, I think they should have went offense here, so I'm gonna fail them. Yeah, I'm with you. This is a fail. I think they probably should have drafted more of an offensive line. Maybe draft a quarterback because who knows if uh, Jordan loves the answer or not. The jury's still out on him. I probably would have, you know, and you have Jordan Love and you're going into the year with a brand new, he's pretty much a rookie quarterback. I probably would have looked to bolster the offensive line. Bakhtiari's inconsistent nowadays. He's hurt every single year. So I'm going to fail the Green Bay Packers as well. Yep. So let's move on to the Houston Texans. They took CJ Stroud with the first pick and then they took Will Anderson with their second pick. What's your grade for the Houston Texans? I'm going to pass them. They're kind of similar to Arizona. They need so much help, and they have so many holes. Um, C.J. Stroud at two, a lot of people were saying he wasn't going to be two because he failed like some IQ test that has absolutely nothing to do with football. Um, When you turn on the tape at Ohio State, he's accurate. He can climb the pocket. He can scramble. He can do everything. So I like the pick, and Will Anderson, he's a stud. He might not be like a superstar 15, 16 sacks a year, but they said he's a guaranteed 10, 11 sacks a year. So Solid you need, mm-hmm. yeah, you need guys like that. So I'll pass them. I'm going to fail the Houston Texans because I think they could have gra- grabbed Anthony Richardson. I think he's got way more upside than CJ Stroud. I think CJ Stroud is limited. I mean, even NFL.com is comparing him to Dak Prescott. If you're drafting Dak Prescott in the first round, that's a fail for me. At Ohio State, you got to remember he's throwing to four first round wide receivers. Was it Marvin Harrison, Jackson Smith, Garrett Wilson, and then he's thrown to Olave. Olave as well. Pro Bowl offensive line. I mean, everybody, you know, on the Ohio State offensive line gets drafted in the first round. They're not playing the competition he's about to face in the NFL. He has no wide receivers on the Texans. Their offensive line is super suspect. Got a couple of decent running backs, but that's it. So he's going to struggle his rookie year. I like the Will Anderson pick, but not enough for me to pass the Houston Texans. I think they should have took Anthony Richardson. I think the upside is and the potential is way higher, so I'm going to fail them. Okay. Let's go to the Indianapolis Colts. They took Anthony Richardson, speaking of, and I'm going to pass them just for that. Yeah, I completely agree. Indianapolis, it seems like they were shuffling quarterbacks. What was it? Carson Wentz, Mm -hmm. Matt Ryan. I mean, they were just dealing shuffling through guys that are past their prime or injury prone now they got this kid anthony richardson out of florida i think he's a home hometown kid or or a home state kid he's from florida so that's pretty cool best combine ever four four speed like 40 inch vertical i mean he this guy like if you build a football player from scratch you want him to look like this guy and play like this guy i mean accuracy wise he he's got to improve there but it's a home run, I think. He has the best ceiling. Yeah, I'm definitely going to pass the Indianapolis Colts, like I said, because you know they took Anthony Richardson. His draft comps are Josh Allen and Cam Newton. Those guys are Pro Bowl quarterbacks. Hall, Hall I mean, it's even argu- arguably, right, if Cam Newton didn't get hurt, his trajectory probably would have made the Hall of Fame, right? So I really like Anthony Richardson. I think the sky's the limit. And like you were saying, at Florida, his last year he had a switch in offensive coordinators. Lost a lot of guys to the draft, so I really like Anthony Richardson. Sky's the limit for this guy. Big body quarterback, 6'4", 244 right now. Draft comps, Josh Allen, Cam Newton. I mean, this is a home run smash pick for me. Yeah, good So definitely Colts. passing the Colts on that one for sure. And at least he's got Quentin Nelson as the guard. Good yeah. offensive line, good running back, so I think he's going to succeed in the NFL. Yeah, Michael Pittman, a big body receiver, so mm-hmm. they're going to play better than people think. Yeah, definitely. To move on to the Jacksonville Jaguars, took Anton Harrison with the first pick, 6'4", 315, tackle from Oklahoma. Also took Brenton Strange, tight end from, where's this guy from? Penn State. 
What are you giving uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars pass or fail? It's difficult because I would have liked them to see, or I would have liked to see Jacksonville give Trevor Lawrence another weapon, but they're protecting him with this pick. They, I thought they already had two good left tackles on the roster. One of them got suspended. So, oh, did it for gambling? Yeah, oh, okay. I don't know if it was for gambling, but. I know it was like a suspension, and then there was an injury to another one of their tackles as well. So, Okay, so with that context, then I'll, I'll pass them because they're just protecting their franchise quarterback. Yeah, I'm going to pass them too. Enough said. You're protecting your future asset, Trevor Lawrence, so that's a pass for me. Moving on, Kansas City Chiefs drafted Felix Uzoma from Kansas State. In the first and second round pick, they took Rashi Rice, wide receiver, SMU. What are you giving Kansas City pass for Phil? I'm going to, man, that's tough. I mean, Kansas City, Andy Reid, he doesn't, you can't really doubt the guy and his decisions, you know, after all he's done. But I, I guess I'll fail him. You know, I I think Kansas City, they lost Juju. Obviously, that's not a huge loss. I thought Andy Reid might have gone receiver and gave Mahomes another weapon, you know, to kind of take the load off Mahomes and Kelsey and force-feeding Kelsey. But it's Andy Reid. Yeah. I'm going to fail them. I'm going to fail Kansas City. They just lost Orlando Brown. Should have went tackle in the draft. Try to bolster that offensive line again. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is everything on that team. I don't think a pass rusher is going to move the needle. They still have Chris Jones. You know, I kind of would have tried to protect Patrick Mahomes. I mean, you spent all that money. Lost one of the best tackles in the NFL. This is a fail for me, for sure. Let's move on to the Chargers. They drafted Quentin Johnson. In the first round, 6'3", 208, wide receiver from TCU. Second round, also drafted Tuli. I'm going to butcher this guy's name. Tupoludu from yep. USC. USC. He is a 6'3", 266, outside linebacker. What are you giving the Los Angeles Chargers? This is a home run smash pass for me. Because, really? Yeah. I mean, you look at their roster, they don't really need anything when they're healthy. But this receiver they just picked up, he has home run speed. He's probably, I mean, Keenan Allen's probably going to hand this kid the torch. He's going to learn under Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen missed a lot of time last year. Mike Williams had a good year last year and then was hurt for the playoff game in Jacksonville. Didn't even travel with the team. This kid's going to step right in, and if these two guys are hurt, this kid's going to, he's going to produce for the Chargers. He's big, he's super fast, and he's got good hands. And then the pass rusher, I'm not going to butcher his name out of USC, but he has comps to like Khalil Mack, who's already on the team. He's going to learn under Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa. This kid's really talented. Pass, super pass for the Chargers. Yeah, originally when I looked at their draft, I was going to fail them, but I'm going to pass them. I thought their weakest needs were linebacker, and they took that in the second and third round. And then they drafted best receiver in the draft. So yeah, I'll pass them. Why not? Let's move on to the Los Angeles Rams. They drafted they drafted Steve Avia in the second round, offensive guard, and they also drafted Byron Young, Tennessee defensive end. What do you give the Los Angeles Rams in their draft? The Rams is tough. I'm going to pass them for now because Steve Avila, right guard out of TCU, he's a really good player. He was he played at the Senior Bowl and all the teams loved him. On the Senior Bowl director is one of the best scouts in the world he said he's he's a plug-and-play starter at right guard so that's that's good for the Rams their their interior line is really weak and then I mean pass rusher they, they have so many holes on defense it's like if you have to pass them because they need pass rushers Leonard Floyd's gone they need everything they so need it's everything. like a pass by default pretty much right so that's why I would pass him so let's move on to the Las Vegas Raiders Tyree Wilson uh, defensive end 6'6", 271 from Texas Tech was their first pick. Michael Mayer, tight end from Notre Dame, was their second round pick. And then Byron Young, defense tackle from Alabama, was their third pick. What are you giving this team? I think they pass by default as well. Um, they're building for the future. I'm a Notre Dame guy, so I love the Michael Mayer pick to replace Darren Waller. He just left. I think he'll be better than Darren Waller. Um, Tyree Wilson was one of the best prospects in the draft out of Texas A&M, pass rusher. Said he's the second best behind Will Anderson. Behind so. Will Anderson. Yeah. So an SEC guy, he's going to step in. They already have Max Crosby. Those guys will learn under Chandler Jones too. So it, it's a pass for me by default. 
Yeah, I love the uh, Michael Mayer pick, like you were saying. Lost Darren Waller, replaced him with, you know, a Notre Dame tight end. You know, their studs, draft comps are TJ Hawkinson and Jason Witten. That's kind of how he plays, right? That's why they compared him like that. So that's a good pick. Tyree Wilson, you can never have enough pass rushers. Chandler Jones is getting up there in age, so I'm going to pass the Las Vegas Raiders as well. So moving on, our team, the Miami Dolphins. They didn't have a first-round pick because they lost it due to tampering with Tom Brady. Unreal. So they had a second-round pick drafted Cam Smith, six foot one, 180-pound cornerback from South Carolina. And then with their uh, third-round pick, they took Devin A-Chain, running back, Texas A&M. What do you give the Dolphins? Yeah, Devon A-Chain, I think, is a smash play. They just add more speed to the offense. Um, I'm I'm really not too sure about the cornerback. I know you can never have too many corners in the NFL, but I didn't think it was a position of need necessarily. I would have liked to see them bolster the offensive line. They did do that later in the draft, but it's I'm gonna pass them by default because that's my favorite team. So they pass. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna fail the Dolphins. It's it's uh, hard to say that, but I'm gonna fail them. What this move tells me is that they're looking to um, move on from Xavier Howard after this year. He's going to be 30 years old. But I think their biggest need was offensive line. And they failed to do that. They didn't take any offense. They took a offensive tackle in the seventh round, Ryan Hayes. It's not going to cut it for me. So I'm going to fail the Dolphins. Yeah, it's hard for me to say. So fail. <laughs> All right, moving on. Minnesota Vikings drafted Jordan Addison to replace Adam Thielen in the first round, USC wide receiver. And then they took Makai Blackman, cornerback, uh, USC as well. I'm passing the Minnesota Vikings. Their defense was horrible, it was trash. And they lost Adam Thielen. Everybody's going to double Justin Jefferson next year. Good on them drafting an elite wide receiver in Jordan Addison. I'm going to pass him. I'm going to fail them because I'm not, I know Addison's a really skilled guy and he can fit in any scheme as a wide receiver. He's real versatile. And I know they need a defense too. And I know they need a corner, but I'm going to fail them. I think they should have took a quarterback in the first round. I mean, Kirk Cousins is as mediocre as it gets in the playoffs. Um, So I think they should start to think about their future a little more and move on from Kirk Cousins. So I'm going to fail them. I can see that. Could have took Hendon Hooker or Will Levis. So. Right. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Uh, New England Patriots took Christian Gonzalez, second highest uh, draft prospect at cornerback this year. Six foot one, 200 pound uh, corner from Oregon. Also took defensive end uh, Keon White from Georgia Tech. And Jake Andrews center, and they took an inside li- linebacker from Sacramento State, Mapu. So I'm going to pass them simply on the fact that Christian Gonzalez, in my opinion, is the best cornerback in this draft. Very skilled fundamentally. Draft comps, A.J. Terrell and Champ Bailey. So uh, that's a pass for me for sure. Yeah, I'm going to pass him as painful as it is to say. I'm not a New England Patriots fan by default, but I know you're really big on the corner. They took. They probably got one of the best corner, if not the best corner in the draft. Um, they, they have so many holes. They need to rebuild the defense. Um, we know Belichick's not the best at drafting offensive skilled players but he is really good at drafting corners so that's a pass yep all right moving along to new orleans they drafted brian Brees, defensive tackle from clemson and then they also took isaiah foskey dn from notre dame what are you giving uh new orleans new orleans i'm gonna fail them i think they should go quarterback too as well like a hidden hooker maybe a will levis um Derek carr is on the decline um they already have a good defense uh, Foskey, I'm a, I'm a fan of him, but I don't think they needed him. So I'm going to fail the Saints. Yeah, I'm going to fail them as well. Like you were saying, I don't think Derek Carr's the answer long-term, even though they gave him a big contract. I don't know why. It's not that good in my opinion. Jameis Winston, same. Yeah, it's tough, but I'd probably fail them for sure. All right, moving on, New York Giants. They took Deontay Banks with their first pick, cornerback six foot, 200 pounds, Maryland. And their second pick, they took uh, John Michael Schmitz, center from Minnesota. So what are we giving the New York Giants? New York Giants, they get a pass from me. Uh, Michael Schmitz out of Minnesota, the center. He's a really good player. They need they needed a center. They got their guy for the next 10 years probably. Um, corner, they, that's just, I mean, you can never have too many corners, right? And I think they took a receiver from Tennessee as well, Jalen Hyatt. 
who was mm-hmm. one of my favorite players in the draft. So and they, they took Jalen Hyatt, yep. Yeah, I'll pass the New York Giants as well. Uh, good receiver they took. Uh, they need wide receivers on that team. I don't think Hodgins and Slayton are the answer there. I don't think they're good enough. They're good, like, third-string guys, but not first- and second-stringers. And corner, they need corner also. That was arguably the weak spot in their defense last year. Center for Daniel Jones. Yeah, I'll pass him. Why not? Yep. New York Jets. Uh, this is a fail for me off the bat. Will McDonald, the fourth outside linebacker. And then Joe Tipman, center. Uh, I, I'm failing this team for sure. Running back, Isaiah. I can't even say his last name. The running back from Pittsburgh. I'm going to fail uh, the New York Jets. I think what they should have done is probably get more offensive line for Aaron Rodgers. And then they did good at corner last year, so I would have tried to improve like the defensive line and safety. So I'm going to fail. Yeah, I'm going to fail. I don't understand defense at this pick in the first round. Like you said, I think they should have catered to Aaron Rodgers. You have a two-year window right now, so you have to go offense there, maybe a lineman or a skilled position. And their so they, defense was like top five last year. Yeah, they didn't need defense, so that's a fail for me. All right, moving on. Philadelphia Eagles arguably had the best draft a University of Georgia is the Eagles now. So I'm passing the Eagles for sure. Drafted Jalen Carter. Carter, obviously, arguably the best player in the draft. Jalen Carter. His draft comp is Fletcher Cox. You know, they drafted Nolan Smith, outside linebacker from Georgia, ran a 4-4. Drafted offensive tackle from Alabama, Tyler Steen. I mean, this is a smash for me. And they even drafted another corner from Georgia as well, Keely Ringo. Yeah. Mega smash for me. A-plus draft. Yeah. 100% agree. Pass. All right. Pittsburgh Steelers drafted Broderick Jones, offensive tackle, with the 14th pick, 6'5", 3'11". And they also drafted Joey Porter Jr. and Keanu Bennett, defensive tackle. Darnell Washington as well. What are you giving the Pittsburgh Steelers? Pittsburgh passed, in my opinion. They always draft well. Mike Tomlin drafts really well. Darnell Washington out of Georgia. Six foot five, 280 pounds, pass blocking tight end, run blocking tight end, can run routes as well and catch the ball. That's a home run pick. And the Steelers are known for tight ends too. Like yeah. Big physical tight ends that can block like that. So, yeah. Now you can kind of move Freyer Muth, who's also a physical tight end. He can be, you can run like double tight sets with, mm-hmm. with that team. So that, that was a great pick. Um, bolstered the offensive line to protect Kenny Pickett, right? With Broderick Jones. Um, so, yeah. Mike Tomlin, he always passes in the draft. Yeah, this is a smash. This is arguably the best draft as well. You know, Broderick Jones, got to protect your future asset. Kenny Pickens, they show that they believe in Kenny Pickens, right? So get that offensive lineman for him, make him feel more comfortable in the pocket. Drafting Joey Porter's son, who was an all-time great Pittsburgh Steeler, should have went in the first round, fell out of the first round. So they arguably had two first-round picks there, Joey Porter Jr. Then, like you said, the big physical tight end they can catch smash for me as well yep seattle another team that smashed the draft as well they had dev they drafted devin witherspoon with the seventh pick cornerback and then they also drafted jackson smith and java and Derek hall off or outside linebacker from auburn this is a smash for me a plus draft as well yeah i mean they they pass for sure Pete carroll he he's just proven to everybody what he can do how he builds teams he he built the Legion of Boom, right, with Seattle, Marshawn Lynch, Russell Wilson. Guy's an excellent drafter. Knows what he's doing. Yeah, he revitalized Geno Smith's career, turned him into a pro bowler last year. It's looking like it was more Pete Carroll than Russell Wilson. Right, that's what I'm saying. And now you bring in the, one of the best corners in the draft. I mean, one of the best receivers at Ohio State ever. A lot of people have this guy, Jackson Smith, over Olave and Garrett Wilson. They said he was better. Yep. So now you add that to DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett and Kenny Walker, A-plus. Yeah, A-plus draft. I mean, Pete Carroll is arguably one of the best drafters. Drafted cornerback Woolen last year, led the league for rookies with interceptions, comes back next year, drafts another cornerback, Devin Witherspoon. Didn't give up a touchdown all year in college from Illinois, Six foot, 180-pound corner, fast as hell. Great pick there. They also took Jackson Smith Ninjaba from Ohio State, arguably the best receiver in the draft. Played 83% of his snaps in the slot at Ohio State. He's going to take that pressure off Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. He's going to have the third or fourth corner guarding him every single game. 
I mean, he's going to eat next year. And even the linebacker, Derek Hall, big physical, fast linebacker from Auburn. This is a smash for me. This is one of the best drafts as well. Agreed. All right, moving on. San Francisco. Who did they draft? They had a third-round pick, drafted safety. Jair Brown from Penn State and also drafted Jake Moody, a place kicker in the third round, and tight end Cameron Latou from Alabama. I mean, I think I'm going to fail the 49ers. What about you? Yeah, I'm going to fail him. I don't think you draft a kicker that high. I don't care how good of a kicker he is. Just sign one off the street. Right. I like the safety pick out of Penn State. Um, he's a, he's another physical guy. Um, you know, Shanahan likes those dogs and physical guys. That was a good pick, but I'll fail him. I don't like, I think they needed to bolster the offense and try and find a quarterback. Could have drafted a quarterback. They probably should have traded up and tried to get Hooker or somebody like that. That's Hooker. what I would have done. But yeah, I'm going to fail them. Moving on, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I am also going to fail. They drafted a defensive tackle, uh, Cansey from Pittsburgh. He's 6'1, 281 defensive tackle. I mean, that's kind of small for a defensive tackle. And then they also drafted Cody Mock, offensive tackle, North Dakota State. Yaya Dybe, defensive end from Louisville. This is a fail for me. Yeah, they failed. They needed to go quarterback here. Maybe Hendon Hook or somebody like that. They have no quarterback, so they failed. All right, Tennessee Titans. They took Peter Skoranek with the first uh, pick in their draft, and they also took Will Levis. I'm going to pass them on the fact that they arguably took the best tackle in the draft. They're uncertain on their quarterback position. They don't know. Tannehill might be out the door. Might start one of these rookies next year. Uh, Will Levis or what's the other guy's name? Malik Willis. They might start Will Levis or Malik Willis. So that was a good pick. Great offensive tackle. He's being compared to Dredrick Wills. Pro Bowl offensive tackle. And then quarterback. You know, they don't have a quarterback, Will Levis. So why not roll the dice? He might be good. So I'm going to pass him. Yeah, I agree. They're passed. Last team, Washington Commanders took Emmanuel Forbes, cornerback, Mississippi State, 6'1", 166. And then they took, uh, what's this guy's name? Jatervius Martin, safety from Illinois. And then Ricky Stromberg from Arkansas Center. What are you giving Washington? Washington's a fail for me. I mean, they need a quarterback. They have so many holes on that team. I think they should have went quarterback. I mean, Terry McLaurin. You know, they got good receivers, two good running backs. The offensive line should have been bolstered, in my opinion, or the quarterback, so they failed for me. Yeah, Washington failed for me as well. You can't go into the season with Jacoby Brissett and Sam Howell as your quarterbacks. What this tells me, and they didn't draft a quarterback this year also, this tells me they're going to tank for Caleb Williams next year. They're going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL. And, yeah, I mean, you have to draft quarterback, so I'm failing them automatically. Alrighty, so that does it for our NFL draft winners and losers who we passed and failed. We're going to move on to our second topic, NBA playoff predictions, second round. We're going to start with the Heat and Knicks. And let me pull up the odds here for the Heat and Knicks. So the New York Knicks are favored to win this series at minus 158 and the Heat are plus 134. And the highest odd to pass is... Seven-game series at plus 180 New York Knicks. Tell me your thoughts on this. Do you think the Knicks or the Heat are going to win in the second round? I got the Heat all day. Is that the current odds or before the game one today? That was entering game one. Okay. So, yeah, that makes sense. I think the Heat will probably be slightly favored or maybe a slight underdog currently. But, I mean, we saw game one today. It's weird because... Some of these teams look better without their best player. I know people are going to cancel me for saying that, but... Milwaukee looked better without Giannis to me. He was hogging the ball. New York looked better without Julius Randle because they were moving the ball around. The ball didn't stick. It's not one-on-one basketball. But the Heat, they just, they've been there and done that. Eric Spolstra is one of the best coaches ever. Point blank, period, hands down. Jimmy Butler's having, I mean, playoff Jimmy, it speaks for itself, averaging 40 points a game. Kyle Lowry's revitalized his season. Had a great game today in game one. Gabe Vincent's playing well. Give me the heat. Yeah, I got the heat also. I think this series is going to go six games, and you can even argue five games, right? If Julius Randle is not healthy for the New York Knicks, they don't have any interior presence, right? And their guards are good, 
but the Heat also have good guards. That's like our strength as well. Jimmy Butler is the best player in the series. The Heat are now shooting great from three. All year long, they were a horrible three-point shooting team, but it seems like they're reverting to the team that went to the Eastern Conference Finals last year where we were like the best three-point shooting team. So that's where we're at now. All of our guys have all the confidence in the world because they just beat the number one team that was favored to win the championship, the Milwaukee Bucks. So I got the Heat in six games. You can even argue five games. I know Thibs is a great coach, but Spolster is an even better coach. And I think Thibodeau is going to meet his match in this series. I'm going with the Heat in six games. Six? Heat in six. I could see six. Maybe. What do you think? Yeah, it's it's hard for me to pick those. Um, I say five. Give me the Heat in five. They, five. If they beat Milwaukee in five, they can beat New York in five. Okay, let's move on to the other matchup in the Eastern Conference, right? The Boston Celtics and the Philadelphia 76ers. Right now, entering game one, Boston is favored to win the series at minus 310. 76ers at plus 250. And then let me see what's the favorite. So it's Boston has the highest odds to win the series, 4-1 to at plus 270, with the second highest odds being the Celtics at plus 330, four games to three. I think Boston's going to win this series in five games. Joel Embiid's not right. They're saying if he comes back and plays, he's going to be in a knee brace. It's just not looking good for the 76ers. I know they just swept the Nets, but that's the Nets. That was a team that played together for like two games with a bunch of random players. Give me the Celtics in five games. Yeah, I got the Celtics in maybe six. Depend. I'm just assuming that Joel Embiid is going to be like 65%, 70%. Him alone going off for like maybe 41 game will win you one. And then I, I think they played better or played better this year with P.J. Tucker. I think they have a good defensive team with P.J. Tucker mm-hmm. guarding Jason Tatum. Tobias Harris can guard Jalen Brown. Those guys are still going to do well, but those that's those are tough matchups for the Celtics. Um, Tyrese Maxey's having a great year. James Harden's like 20 and 10. So, yeah, I got the Celtics because they got Jason Tatum, best player in the series, because Embiid is compromised with that knee injury. Yep. So give me the Celtics. Yeah, if you would tell me Joel Embiid is completely healthy, he had no injuries going into the series, I would have took the Sixers to upset the Celtics. Has a knee injury. He's coming back. Is not going to be in sync, right? He's going to be in pain, kind of like he was in the Miami series last year. It wasn't 100%. If you're not getting 100% of that guy playing the Boston Celtic team, it's arguably even better than they were last year that went to the finals, could have won the whole thing. I just I don't see it happening. Yeah, I agree. So let's move on to the Western Conference now. The Suns and the Denver Nuggets. Let me pull up. Let me see. So the Nuggets are only favored to win the series at minus 162 with the Suns at plus 136. Let me see the most likely scenario according to Vegas Insider. Let's see. So we have the Suns. Is it the Suns? Let me see. Yeah, so it's the Suns winning the series at plus 320 is the most likely outcome. Wow. So give me your thoughts on this. What do you think is going to happen with this series? I don't see the Suns winning. I got Denver. Um, Denver's my pick to go to the finals this year out of the West. They've been the most consistent all year. Number one seed. Jokic averaging a triple-double. They have a bench. They're deep. And the Suns, they just haven't played together very long. You know, Kevin Durant, when he got there, he got hurt right away and missed like two, three weeks, maybe Mm -hmm. a month. Yep. So that team's never played together. I know KD can play on any team, any scheme, but you can tell they're just they're a little disgruntled. They've never played together and they have no depth. So Denver's been the most consistent all year. Give me Denver. Yeah, if you would have talked to me the beginning of the series and I didn't see game one, I probably would have picked the Suns to win in like six or seven games. But after watching what happened in game one with Denver. I see Denver winning in six games, even though the odds makers have it pretty close. Denver's just played together longer. They have a bench. They have a two-time MVP, so they have an all-star player. Jamal Murray is an all-star guard as well. And their front court's good. They have good wings. Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon, those guys can play basketball. They got a good defender in Bruce Brown. 
So I got the Denver Nuggets winning in six games. I don't think DeAndre Ayton can handle Jokic. Proved it in game one, 20 and 20 pretty much. And Kevin Durant struggled a little bit. Turned the ball over a lot. Booker didn't look right in that game. Chris Paul is getting old. So I got Denver Nuggets kind of by default just because the Suns haven't played together long enough and they don't have a bench at all like you were saying. So I'm going with Denver as well. So on to our last matchup. Let me pull this up. We don't even have the odds on that one. Vegas Insider doesn't even have the odds yet. So let's just talk about it, right? So the grit are the Lakers and the Golden State Warriors. Warriors just came off a seven-game series with the Sacramento Kings. They won the series four to three in Sacramento. Steph Curry had fifty-point game to close out Sacramento. I don't know why they didn't double him. But that's besides the point. The Lakers are coming off defeating the Grizzlies four to two after LeBron James and Anthony Davis had a pretty good uh, first round. So how do you see that series playing out? LeBron James versus Stephen Curry, round two. This is this is great for the NBA. Two of the top ten players of all time going head to head. These guys, I mean, they're the faces of the NBA. Steph, you take Steph Curry off the Warriors, they suck. You take LeBron James off the Lakers, they suck. I mean, so I'm gonna lean with the Warriors. They've been there, done that with this with this same group of guys, Steph, Clay, and Dre. Um, Wiggins is the second best player on the team now, I think. Um, they they're just healthier. I mean, two months ago, LeBron was going in for season-ending surgery on his foot and magically came back somehow. That guy, it's like he comes back from. He's like a machine. Yeah, he you can't hurt that guy. He I've we've seen him play on sprained ankles for the Heat in the playoffs. Like he'd roll his ankle three, four times in a series and finish the series with triple-double averages. It just shows that the money he spends on his body every year is paying off. Great nutritionist. Does that hyperbaric chamber, also does a cold therapy like cold plunges and stuff. So his body's in tip top shape. If he gets hurt, he's gonna come back faster than a normal human being. Besides the fact that he has great genetics. So yeah, that's why LeBron James is back and he's balling. So continue your thought on that. So you got Lakers or Warriors? I'm gonna take the Warriors in seven. Um, they've they've been together. The Lakers just got this team together at the trade deadline. You know they brought in. D'Angelo Russell, he's played there before, but not with this team. And I just think they're they're a little injury prone now with Davis. He's not consistent. Yeah, you never know with Andy Davis. Could yeah. get hurt tomorrow. Yeah. So give me I think this will be the most entertaining because we have so much star power in the series and both these mm-hmm. um cores have won a championship together. So I think this is the best one, but give me the Warriors in seven. Yeah, I'm gonna roll with the Warriors also. I'm gonna roll with the Warriors in six games. To me, they have the best player in the series in Stephen Curry. You know, they're just proven. It's hard to bet against the champions, right? They won last year, beat a young Boston Celtics team that arguably could have won the championship. Just beat another young, hungry, up-and-coming team, the Sacramento Kings, with great guard play. So I like the Warriors, you know. The guards, and it comes down, uh, this series comes down to this for me. So the Golden State Warriors guards versus Los Angeles Lakers guards. And I don't think D'Angelo Russell and Austin Reeves are going to thrive in this series like they did in the Memphis Grizzlies series versus Steph and Clay. I don't see it happening. I think Steph Curry is going to eat in this series. There's not really a lot of defense like there was with the Sacramento Kings. De'Aaron Fox was picking up Steph Curry full court. Davion Mitchell full court. Steph Curry is going to have free reign in this series. I think he's going to ball out. I think Clay Thompson is going to turn the corner in this series also. I think he's going to get his rhythm back. They also have a good wing defender for LeBron James. Uh, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green, those guys are hard to get by, and they're athletic too, especially Andrew Wiggins. LeBron, looked in the Grizzly series, he looked a little old to me. Looked like he was aging a little bit. Anthony Davis kind of carried the load, and D'Angelo Russell brought him home in Game 6, scoring 30-plus uh, points. I just don't think that's going to be enough. You can't even bank on Anthony Davis's health either. So I'm going to go Golden State Warriors in six. That is my prediction there. So let's move on to our third topic. Ready for this one? We're going to do a little current events. We're going to have fun with this. So topic number three, Joe Biden caught using cheat sheet with reporters questions written on it. So did you see this or no? Yeah, I saw it. So, okay. So let's get more into it, right? So 
President Joe Biden brought a cheat sheet with him to Wednesday's press conference that showed he had advanced knowledge of a journalist's question. The cheat sheet showed a photo of the Los Angeles Times reporter Courtney Serbranian and a guide on how to pronounce her name and her question for the president. Biden's use of the cheat sheet came during a joint press conference with South Korean President Yoli while the two leaders discussed nuclear threats from North Korea. So, Joe, give me your thoughts on this. Biden had all the answers. And he had the answer written out on what to say as well. His poll numbers aren't good right now. He has an approval rate of 37%. Even the Democratic outlets, I think the highest one was 40% MSNBC. So his poll numbers don't look good either. Give me your thoughts on Joe Biden's presidency currently. And what are your thoughts on this situation with the cheat sheet? I'm not not really thrilled with the way everything's going right now. Um, I'm about as neutral as it gets. I really think before I speak, when I talk about important stuff like this, because this is obviously really important to a lot of people. Um, I, I don't think we should be starting wars, funding wars, stuff like that. And I, I mean, I know it's, you know, it's a territorial thing between other countries so I'm not a big fan of that. We're just funding wars when we, we can't even fund critical stuff over here on our side. Mm-hmm. So that's number one. And then as far as Biden goes, like, you know, I don't even know how old he is now. He's probably close to 80 years old. Mm-hmm. I if think he wins the second term, he'll be 86 years old by the time he gets out. That's insane to me. <laughs> term limits? Yeah. I mean, age limits maybe for president. I don't know. If you should be making decisions for the future of the country, if you might, if you're kind of past your prime, well, I'll call mm-hmm. it, I'll say it that way. Um, so I'm I'm not really in approval of what's going on with the wars and just the state of the world right now, honestly. Yeah, I, I don't think anybody is uh, really with what's going on in the United States right now. You know, Joe Biden, I mean, he's at a 37 percent approval rating that's awful you know the democrats are in a tough spot for the 2024 election i think they're going to slowly try to push joe biden out the door i know he announced he's running for president again i just don't think he can do it for me he's not all there and this just proves it right if you're if you're there mentally you don't need a cheat sheet with the answer on it and then your response to the answer that just shows that You know, something's not all there with Joe Biden. You know, I don't want to be super disrespectful with this guy, but to me, the Democrats, they what I think is going to happen is they're going to run Michelle Obama. I think if they want to win for the next eight years and you really want to kick the Republicans out the window, you got to run Michelle Obama. She'll win. She'll beat any Republican candidate. She'll beat Donald Trump. Ron DeSantis, Donald Trump, Ron DeSantis together. I mean, who do you think the Democrats should run? Honestly, man, I if they want to win, I'd say Michelle Obama. Uh, I know you and I were talking about um, Kennedy. I don't know if it was his grandson, Robert Kennedy yep. Jr. Mm-hmm. He sounded pretty intelligent, but I'm I don't know much about him. So if I'm if I'm because right now, I mean, the presidency, in my opinion is kind of like a popularity contest almost. It's not really if you're qualified or not. It's not about, you know, if you're bought and paid for, which parties, which donors own you or anything. It's just, I think it's going to be a popularity contest, and there's nobody more popular in politics than Michelle Mm -hmm. Obama, followers-wise. So I'd agree with you. She has more clout than Barack Obama. She's got like 60 million followers on Instagram. Obama has like 30 million. She has double the followers he has. She's intelligent. You know, she's a lawyer. So I I think it's a slam dunk. It's just a question of if she wants to run or not. But if she runs, it's locked up. I don't see anybody beating her. But circling back to Joe Biden, I mean, you saw the video with the cheat sheet. What does that tell you about his um, just awareness level and where he's at? Yeah, it's it, it doesn't look good. It, it just looks like he's kind of fighting his way to the end of his term Mm -hmm. and he's not really I don't want to say he's on autopilot and you know 
kind of the country's running itself, but it seems like he's just not not there anymore. He's he still, you know, has interest obviously and probably loves his job and that power. But I just in my opinion, I wish we had a fresh start with some younger minds, younger leaders mm-hmm. that can make decisions for the next 30 years and might be around for that time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, to me his age is showing like really bad cuz he has to have a cheat sheet with a card on it. Uh, have you seen like the press conferences where he finishes and then like he turns to the side and he like shakes the air and nobody's there? Yeah. And he's like, where do I go? Where do I go? Like he doesn't know. This is the presidency of the United States. This is some serious stuff. You know, he has the nuclear codes and everything, right? So, I mean, this doesn't look good. I think he should, he should just resign Re- after the four years. Yeah. I mean, it's time, man. You've been in politics for like 50 years, dude. And why would you want to spend your last years working like you've worked your entire life why wouldn't you just go to a beach somewhere on an island and live the rest of your years yeah happy with no responsibility i think democrat or republican i think everyone can agree on this we need some kind of change yep so let's hope for that in the future but let's move on to our last topic let me pull it up right here Okay, so our last topic is Ron DeSantis and Ron DeSantis signing the six-week abortion ban into law, right? So this is according to CBS Face the Nation host Nancy Mace, right? By signing the six-week abortion ban, Ron DeSantis is now in a difficult position in the 2024 presidential election if he should run, right? The bill does contain some exceptions, though, however, including to save the woman's life, right, if her life is in danger with a pregnancy abortion for pregnancies involving rape and incest provided a woman has documentation such as a restraining order or a police report, right? DeSantis later called these provisions of rape and incest sensible. So give me your thoughts on the abortion ban and Ron DeSantis. This is like really difficult to talk about. The first thing I want to say, just to lay this down is anybody that's been sexually assaulted or raped. <sighs> I don't. Not enough. <laughs> yeah. Good. I don't. I have no say on this. My I've never experienced this, but. Damn, this is good. Sorry, go. <laughs> it's it's just hard to speak on this because I've never. I'm not really familiar with this, but I just want to say I'm I'm on your side. If if you have trouble and maybe scared to come out and say that you've been sexually assaulted. Please don't think that I'm saying I I agree that it's that you should have like documentation or be forced to do it. That's not what I'm saying, but it's it's good that, you know, they're they're trying to maybe hold people accountable. It's just there's so much gray area on this. This is like this is a tough issue. This is like almost impossible with because there's so many one offs, so many different situations yeah, you take one stance on this issue, you get obliterated, you take the other stance, you get obliterated. So it's absolutely it's hard. Yeah. And th- the thing that's hard about it for me is there's no right answer, right? Because it's never going to be a federal, in my opinion, it's never going to be a federal law where it's like, this is the law and that's what it is. Um, I will say the United States, I think we do have the best laws. We're probably the freest country, right? A lot of people want to come here. Um, if you go over to other countries, you're not... It's it's more old fashioned over here. We're more supportive of, of freedom and people to live their right, you know, live their lives and have their rights. But it it's just really it's gonna be state by state, right? It's gonna be up to the state to decide mm. what the law is in each state. Um so honestly, I'm not a fan of this. It's do you think this hurts his presidency by signing this? Do you think it hurts his approval rating and his chances of becoming the president absolutely i just think i agree i think you you have to you have to be neutral as neutral as you possibly can on this which i'm trying to be right now because i I honestly have no opinion because i'm not you know qualified to even speak about this but you just have to stay neutral It, it looks like too much power it looks like he's trying to this is it's my way or the highway I think he should have just took the more conservative approach and kind of just stood off in the background and, and run off of the fact that, 
Yeah, I kept Florida open during COVID. I'm pro-business. I'm pro-freedom. And I think he honestly would have had a chance to win. Yeah, I think Ron DeSantis, I think he blew it. Yeah. I think with the stuff he's done in 2023, I think he's blown his chances of becoming the president. He looks very power-hungry, right? And especially on this issue with abortion, it's a very extreme stance that he took, the six-week abortion law. The way I see it, if you wanted to be more neutral on this position, make abortion right illegal at 22, 24 weeks with the exception if the woman's life is in danger or rape or incest, right, without having to show documentation. That's more of the neutral stance. I think everybody in the United States should take that stance. I don't think you need 24 weeks to decide if you need an abortion, if, right, caveats, you've been raped, right, or your life's in danger as a mother. Besides that, you don't need 24 weeks to make that decision. To me, that's the neutral stance, 22, 24 weeks. That's what he should have took, but he took the extreme route, right? That doesn't look good to, you know, the independents and your moderate Democrats. You know, and also him not supporting Donald Trump when Donald Trump got indicted over something so minuscule, right, that the Supreme Court in New York said there was no case there, right? And then a DA, Alvin Bragg, indicts Donald Trump. And that's what he ran on. He has all his ads saying, I'm going to indict Donald Trump, all this, no matter what, like, vote for me. And this is after Stormy Daniels had to pay Donald Trump $500,000 because she lost her case, right? So it looks very political. Ron DeSantis should have took the neutral stance again, right, on that issue and said, hey, you know what? This is wrong. This is very political. We can't indict presidents, right? But he didn't do that. He took the more narcissistic route because Trump was attacking him. But Trump's the reason why he got into office. And a lot of people like Ron DeSantis in the beginning because he was very neutral on issues. Now he just looks like an extremist. And then, you know, according to Breitbart, this is another thing that just came out, right? So it says Florida lawmakers on Friday carved out an exemption to the state's resigned to run law that would give and allow Ron DeSantis the ability to run for president in 2024 without resigning for his post. So he looks very power hungry right now with all the moves he's making, especially with the Disney uh, situation that's going on as well. So the law they just passed as well, you know, you're supposed to resign as governor if you want to run. Now he just signed a law. He can be the governor and run for president. So he looks very power hungry. He's not taking the neutral stance. He's not appealing to both parties right now. So to me, I think he blew it. And even the polls say it, right? Donald Trump, as of right now, according to an average of all the polls, right, has a 62% uh, percent lead over DeSantis' 16%. And back in January, it was 55 to 30. So it's even telling you what he's doing. He's dropping in the polls fast. So I think he blew his chance to be president. What do you think? Yeah, I think I don't think uh, DeSantis has the right to make decisions for women. I think you should leave this up to the women to vote on it. Mm-hmm. Um, men probably should have very little say in it as well. Um, but yeah, I agree. I think, you know, with the flood, like, the, for example, the Fort Lauderdale flood, it didn't seem like a big deal, but it's a big deal. A lot of people lost their cars. Their homes are damaged now. And he's out campaigning and he's to be the president when he's the governor of Florida. It's like, bro, your job is here. The right. optics look bad. I know he can't do anything if he's here physically. And they were saying his people, his reps were saying he was on the phone, like trying to coordinate with everybody. It just doesn't look good from an optics standpoint. Yeah. And it's kind of like Florida got, the people got put on the back burner. I understand Fort Lauderdale is really democratic, the most democratic in the state. So DeSantis probably doesn't want to spend much time there because he'll never win Fort Lauderdale over. He won Miami, but it just looks like he, you know, a good person would have been down there and would have, you know, at least stayed for a day or two and tried to help the people. You know, it was a, it was a big deal. Mm-hmm. The port was shut down. No gas in South Florida. People are hydroplaning. You know, probably deaths and and stuff like that. So I, I think DeSantis is just, everything's blown up in his face. I think he might have had good intentions in the beginning, mm-hmm. you know, with, with protecting Florida and Florida businesses and keeping 
the state open during COVID. He just looks power hungry right now. But yeah, now he just looks power hungry. And I think he should probably just finish out his governor term and maybe try to run in 2028 when Trump's, you know, too old or already done his second term, whatever. But yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not pushing DeSantis over Trump anymore. So do you, do you think you, so with that answer, you don't think he can beat Trump anymore? No. In the primary. I think he had a chance. He had a chance, but now with everything that's going on, I don't, yeah. I don't see it. And Trump, I mean, he's just, his only thing, I think Trump could win again if he came out and, and admitted, yeah, I've been a little narcissistic. I've been, I don't want to say he's been inciting riots because that's not really true, but kind of, kind of. He has flamboyant uh, vocabulary. Yeah. Like take our country back. That. I mean, obviously, he didn't say take it back violently. He said protest, but it can lean, it can rub people the wrong way. The way he words things is kind of... It's like borderline dangerous. Yeah, can be taken in a lot of ways. I, You know, I just don't think the grassroots are going to come out and vote for DeSantis over Trump, especially what he's done, didn't support Trump. Trump's the one that got him elected. He was going to lose the election. He got Trump's endorsement, and now he's a governor. Didn't even back him. Kind of looks like a snake in the grass now. I think DeSantis blew it. Egg on the face. I think he's done. Yeah, this this was, for me, this was the nail in the coffin, the abortion thing. He might have had a small chance, even after fighting with Disney about, mm-hmm. you know, what he was fighting with them about. Uh, obviously, that's that's a big topic right now is is what they're fighting about. I'm not going to get into it, but he, he might have had a chance. But now, you know, you say you're pro-business and then you go and fight with Disney and try to tax them more. So it's like Republicans are supposed to be less tax and more right. re- freedom. Yep. So it, to me, it looks power hungry. He can probably be bought. He's probably bought yeah. and paid for by whoever. He did it for the political reason, though. He um, attacked Disney for political reasons, right? Because they're really woke. Yeah. So that was the whole thing behind that. And then Disney sued Ron DeSantis for being too political. So... I don't know, man. He's it's just, just a mess. It blew up in his face, and he's yep. He's gonna have to wait now. It did. I think he blew it, man. You know, on paper, he looks. He's very polished, right? He's he's a uh, Harvard law student, and then he's ex marine. Also, I mean, on paper, that should be enough. Plus, he's younger than Trump and Biden too, right? So he's the young candidate that everybody wanted, right? A younger candidate, someone that's very polished has a good uh, school background, and he's been overseas and he's been in war. So on paper, he should win. But he's taken uh, very extreme measures as of late, not supporting the GOP as well. I mean, this guy's he's going to blow it. Yeah, he's he's blown it. All righty. All right, guys, that is three topics. Thank you guys for watching us, and we will see you on the next episode. Take care, guys.